Hello and welcome to the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast. I'm Mel Luizu and together with my guests, we explore all different aspects of leadership in higher education. With inspiring stories, practical tips and a little bit of fishiness, this show will help you dive deep into the leader you are and climb high, unleashing your power and potential. Dive deep, climb high, can-do leadership in a world of can't. Before we get started, have you ever wondered what it would be like to work with a coach on a one-to-one basis? As a master NLP business coach, I work with a variety of people, helping them to articulate and achieve their goals. Research shows that working with a coach is one of the most effective ways to improve your performance at work. Interested? Then why not book in a chat with me using the Calendly link in the show notes. Together, we will dive deep and climb high. Today, we're going to be diving deep into a topic that some people may find uncomfortable. Now, usually... The only part of this podcast that I script is the introduction. I don't want to make a mess of it. But I found that even as I was trying to write today's intro, I was getting my words muddled up. I was getting a little bit uncomfortable. Was I going to offend anyone? How was I feeling? And it's because I think what I'm feeling is how a lot of us feel around equality, diversity and inclusion. It's a hot topic and it's something that none of us want to feel that we are doing. We are being inclusive. But actually, we know due to unconscious bias that sometimes we are. And so this podcast is often about getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, which is why I was so pleased when I invited today's guest on and she said yes Because actually what I want to do today is I don't want to create an episode that is very PC. I'm probably going to say things that I shouldn't. I might get my words muddled up. My guest might even. But the whole point is that we really dive deep into what it's like to be a member of the LGBTQ plus community. As far as I'm concerned and from what I see The higher education sector is leading the way. It's one of the sectors that is out there in terms of the work that they are doing in this area. But there is no doubt that we need to do more. And I sometimes think that our fear of upsetting somebody, saying the wrong thing, stops us from being curious about what it's really like to be a member of this community. I live by that adage you can't understand a person until you've walked a mile in their shoes. And I'm hoping that during this conversation today, I, along with all of the listeners, will have a little bit more understanding. So that's probably enough waffle for me. Let me introduce today's guest. She is an openly gay woman. She is the events manager for Pride in London. That's in her spare time because full time she works at the University of Arts London. And I'm so pleased that she's chosen to give up a little bit of her time to chat with me today. Please welcome Carly Owen. Hi, Carly. Hi, 
how are you? I've got my jazz hands. I know you can't see them, but I'm waving them. How are you, Mel? You okay? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm really well. And I know that you're just recovering from COVID. So I am really, really pleased that you you've still managed to get on this call today. My voice is probably going to sound deeper, but yeah, the sixth time I've had it, it's insane. So I need to stop hugging everyone, I think. <laughs> probably a good idea. So for those people that, that don't know you, perhaps you can share a little bit about who you are, what you do, what you're doing currently. Just just give us a flavour for who is Carly. Oh, God, how long have we got? Only an hour, only an hour. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I currently am the Student Experience Manager within Accommodation at the University of the Arts London. Uh, as you said, yeah, I'm the, I've just been promoted to the Head of Year Round Events within Pride in London, um, where I manage uh, a team of eight there, and we do lots of inclusive events around London uh, for the LGBTQ plus community. I'm also a committee member on the Gay Women's Network, um, which is a network of women um, around London who are lawyers, solicitors, who come together for panel talks, discussions, a lot of podcasts, a lot like what we're doing today. Um, and then, yeah, I help out a lot of charities in my spare time as well with LGBTQ plus inclusivity, access, accessibility and events as well. And as you can tell from my northern dulcet tones, I'm not from London, even though I work in a London university. Um, I'm originally from the north um uh from Bolton if anybody knows Bolton Wanderers were who um and that is that's kind of me in a nutshell really oh my goodness do, can I just ask a question do you ever sleep oh I think that's why Covid's caught up with me so many times yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I mean there's so much that you do and you're you, you know you really embrace the community that you represent so I'd be really interested to understand your journey when you realised that you were gay, what it was like coming out. And yeah, let's start with that. I could ask loads more questions and I will do, but let's start with that bit first. Yeah, I think it's really important to note that every single person's journey is, is individual, it's different. So mine is going to be completely different to, to yours, to my best friends, to everybody who's listening today, but so happy that I've got the chance to share it. So yeah, really controversial, probably what I'm going to kick off with, and a very famous gay icon said this, but um, for me being gay, I feel like I was born this way. Um, Lady Gaga, obviously, saying that uh, infamously. Um, I think it wasn't a kind of choice that I had. You know, I was always kind of, I don't like to say different, but I was different to my group of friends when I was at school. You know, I, I didn't wear skirts, short skirts. I didn't wear, um, you know, all of the, the girly clothes. I played a lot of sport. I wasn't really interested in boys. I had crushes on my PE teachers who were female. I was like, what is going on? What is this? Um, so I, I just felt like it, it was just a part of me from whenever I can remember, really. Um, and then, you know, I always kind of pushed myself into situations because friendships were there of, of having boyfriends at the time. But I was just like, this isn't me. I didn't feel didn't feel right. Um, so I always kind of knew from a very early age that I was not how everybody else seemed to be. Um, and then, yeah, kind of played sport all the way through college, university. Um, and it wasn't till I was 19 when I actually officially came out. And even saying that, having to come out, you know, you don't come out as a straight person. You don't come out for the colour of your skin, even having to say coming out. And that is still a thing. It's crazy. But yeah, when I was when I was 19, I'd had secret relationships with women up until that point because I wasn't comfortable um, in 
and being open about it because I thought, you know, I'm going to be judged. My friends are going to fall out with me. My mum's going to disown me. My sister, oh my God, my little sister, how is she going to see it? And it was a real, real big stress when I was 17, 18, kind of navigating just going to university and having this secret relationship. Yeah, it wasn't until that kind of ended for obvious reasons. She was fully out, you know, very much out there, very proud to be who she was and, you know, probably kind of holding her back, to be fair. So I don't really blame her for ending it uh, the way it did. Um, and then, yeah, at 19, I'd kind of had enough of feeling like there was a pressure and a weight on me for being who I wanted to be. You know, being gay didn't change who I was. It didn't change my personality. It didn't change the fact that I could make my friends laugh or that I was good at studying. It was just something that was just a massive pressure. And as soon as I kind of said the words to my best friend, who's still my best friend now, 20 years later, you know, I like women. She was like, Carly, we all knew. And it was just like, vroomf, like a massive thing had been lifted. I was like, what? You knew? And she was like, Carly, you play sport, you know, all the stereotypical things that we, everybody associates with being a lesbian. You know, you played sport, I had shorter hair, you didn't have boyfriends. She was like, mate, we all knew. So from there, then I said to my mum, she was like, darling, I've always known. I'm just glad finally that you can finally be you and finally come out. So in terms of the, the support that I had from friends and family, it was immense and never really looked back from that, really. I've been really fortunate in that respect to have that support there which I know is a lot different for a lot of other people but yeah that pressure that you put on yourself is is immense it's, it's not really a pressure that I can ever really describe uh, around that really yeah okay great thank you and so once you had and that that's even really interesting isn't it because we do you're, you're so right we talk about coming out and yet we don't talk about coming out as a heterosexual person or even as a you know a black person or whatever it might be it, it, so that that <laughs> you're challenging my thinking already I love it thank you so much <laughs> yeah <laughs> so once you had come out and you know a lot of people have have said that you know they've they've felt that intense pressure that actually probably they're internalizing it and yet when they vocalize it they realize that actually it wasn't nearly as bad and we do that so much in our lives don't we about lots of different things Absolutely. so once you've been to university and you were out in the world of work how embracing or not did you find it yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's important to say I never really was one to, to fly the flag, as, as Stoy said. When I was at university, when I came out, I was just so happy to be me, to be able to walk around holding a, a, you know, a girlfriend's hand. I was just so happy to be me. I didn't really realise the impact that podcasts like this, that panel discussions, that talks, that blogs really had. Um, and can make an impact so when I kind of went into the working world I, I worked in higher education within the north and higher education as you said at the start is such an inclusive it is an inclusive and diverse place and we are one of the best kind of um, sectors for it and I do think we do represent it well we've still got lots more to do and lots and lots more places to go with it but um, so I was quite fortunate to land into a you know a sector that was very open and, and willing um, to accept me who I was and as I said I would very openly drag jazz hands in interviews you know was very like this is who I am it was only when I came to London which is really weird to say because London again very eclectic very very diverse group of people across London is when I started to see that I was being looked at differently um, for, for being who I was 
so it was in my first role in London it was about 2013 2014 and um, I was in an institution and there was some difficulty with uh, kind of like a, a colleague in a meeting he's just been saying some kind of disrespectful things so I just pulled kind of the, the deputy CEO over at the time I was like oh can you just have a word with him you know he's just been a bit you know he's having one of those days can you just check he's all right uh, and what kind of came after that was something that really shocked me I, you know I, I was sat down in, a, in her office and she basically said that because I was northern because I was gay and because I was fat that I had to try harder in London and I had to accept certain behaviors from people and I kind of I, it was the first time I've ever just been like actually spoke but even though you know she was a lot more senior than I was I was like I've come into this office just with a quick question for you to just sort something out really amicably and quick and you've put this back on me it's the reason that the person is acting like that is because of how I look because of how because of who I love in my personal life it just didn't make any sense to me and I was just like you've made me feel 10 times worse and the funny fact is is that she was also from the north and you know identified as part of the community so I was just like I don't know whether kind of she was trying to make her me realize or give me a shock but it was just something that really took me back and I wasn't with the institution very long after that because I don't know about me being fat it doesn't stop me sending an email or me being gay or being able to conduct a meeting so yeah that was one that was a really that was something quite pivotal and then after that in the institution I went to after I, I really didn't come out as gay and that for me is a huge part of my personality you know I'm very you know outgoing I'm very out I'm very open to anybody who wants to ask me anything and to, to kind of um, suppress that in a work context where for me work is it work is is personal I moved to London so I didn't know anybody so work colleagues were friends as well and that's a real big part of you know being a part of an events team and an events family is that personal side so I have to suppress that in fear of what people would say or they wouldn't respect my calls or judgments because it was really hard but um, so yeah that's kind of there for London. Wow that is I mean that is really quite scary and I know that I mean you've sent me a blog article and I'm going to put it in the show notes because I think everyone that listens to this should have a read of, of the blog because it, it is brilliant and and you talk about this story in there and that to me is just quite incredible that that somebody can think it is okay to say even one of those things let alone all three banded together it it's just quite quite shocking and and you make an it really interesting point there which is that how it it's been for you subsequently in terms of not being able to express who you are and I think that this is a really key thing for leadership and 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 really should be one of the drivers I mean, there's many drivers for inclusion, but one of the drivers for inclusion is that that actually we need to embrace people as they are, because when we embrace them as they are, no matter, you know, what it may be, then they bring their best selves to work. But if you are sat there thinking, you know, I can't say this, I can't talk about my weekend, I can't talk about my girlfriend, I can't talk about, you know, the pride events I've been to or, or whatever it might be that is holding you back and that will have negative impact on your performance the performance of those around you and ultimately the organization and and and, and that's so key and that's why we have to as leaders get over ourselves i need to get over myself and ask you what you know what's it like how can i make your life better what is it that i don't understand what is it that i don't need and i'm not asking you that just no, I think I think 
from I think that on the basis of that yeah it was really hard in that year after that you know kind of situation occurred and it was in the same institution I, I got a, a different so I left the institution where that comment was made quite swiftly and so did the person who said it because it seemed that they'd done similar things to other people so that was something that was a, a bit of a respite from that uh, so I, I went to another institution and in that role um, there uh, I kind of was suppressed for you know up to a year and then I got another role within the same institution and it's kind of where it changed for me again um, there was uh, a chief marketing officer there who uh, was openly lesbian and it's the first time within my career that I've known um, that to, to be the case or to have not so much as like a, a role model but to have somebody to talk to where I could potentially be one day and you know sound things out with and she took me for a coffee I remember when I got the role and literally just did what you did and asked me how my weekend was you know am I involved in pride it wasn't just a trying to get it out of me whether I was gay or not it was actually openly saying because you know she'd seen pictures or she she knows that she knows I was part of different things and, and from there, we then kind of stormed, <laughs> stormed the whole university with um, setting up an LGBTQ plus network for staff, um, you know, being a part of Pride in London for the first time in the parade. And, you know, that was the first time where I was given back the confidence that was kind of taken away from me, which it, it sounds really kind of sad for me to say that because I, I class myself as quite confident. But to, to have that kind of stripped away from you in a professional context, you know, um, so to have that belief back and like, actually, Carly, who you are is absolutely fine. And it's what we need more of. We need more people to tell us about this. So that's why we've become inclusive. We don't just suppress you and hide you. And then from there, you know, then I've just kind of taken over, over the world with LGBTQ plus stuff and setting up my own business with that and being a part of different committees and networks. So there was some good that came out of the bad, which is good. <laughs> that's fantastic. And I'm interested, what would you say? So if if there is somebody listening to this podcast and they believe that they have a member of the LGBTQ plus community in their team, but it's not been spoken about and they're worried about how to initiate a conversation or, you know, they're sat there and thinking, oh, you know, I'd really like to know more, but you know, they might think that I should know this and, and that sort of thing. What would you what would you say to somebody like that? I think, yeah, I think it's really hard because there are a lot of people who are in the community that, you know, want to be quite reserved. You know, they don't want to shout it from the rooftops. You know, I'm probably probably an, anom an anomaly in terms of, you know, flying that, flying the flag and wearing everything, uh, you know, rainbow coloured. So it is really difficult because we can try and do different sort of events that are open to that and I don't think it's it, we can stick down the formal route and do the panel discussions and we can get people in and we can have them group discussions but it's also about the informality of it you know some people don't want to just come out at work some people would prefer to keep it separate but it's just having that them open conversations in a social setting having them open conversations in the office setting of planning stuff around particular history months like LGBTQ plus history months is in in February you know pride month is in June and July and even the months themselves it should be a yearly thing we should be celebrating this every single day all year round but specifically for corporate companies they really like to go hard on these months so making sure that, that it's accessible getting the feedback from the staff because there will be in every every single institution there will be a member of the LGBTQ community so sending out anonymous 
surveys, feedback, a chance, you know, whether it's just a little discussion box that people drop things into really old fashioned, you know, we can just do things like that, but then create the safe spaces within work to have them discussions, whether it's setting up a, a network for LGBTQ staff and students or uh, different things like that. So it's kind of a, an answer that has many different variants, Mel, to be honest. But um, it's about knowing that not everybody will want to and that that's OK as well. Um, but it's just creating it so that if they did, that it was that it was acceptable. So, yeah, doing lots of different things in terms of visibly showing it in terms of lanyards. We see that with lots of different companies at the minute, supporting it with the LGBTQ plus colours on lanyards, on badges, on pronoun badges. There's lots of little small things that could make a difference um, rather than the big things, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. And I, I think that's a really important point that you make that that actually it is about thinking about the individual, isn't it? What I took from what you were saying there was just creating that environment where if people want to open up, then they know that they are in a safe environment to do that because it's an inclusive environment. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's just it's it's celebrating the different um, like months, yes, or just making sure that it's a part of every day. It's not just putting um, you know a rainbow symbol on a on a social media post every every month that it's History Month or you know it's Pride Month. It's about doing that all year round. It's about sporting the, the the lanyard if you wish or the pronoun badge or having it in your signatures, for example. You know you know how you identify as he, him, they she her you know having that is a simple but effective um kind of way of showing that you're inclusive to just gender identity but lgbtq plus and, and open to that kind of thing as well so there's lots of little small things practical things like that can be done but it's just making sure that the staff have got training to have talks about this as well um having that awareness you know having these podcasts is brilliant just making sure that these are accessible to staff members so they can get a better view and an idea of how to do it um lots of different ways lots of different ways yeah and if there is somebody like me that sat there saying oh sometimes I don't ask the questions I should because I'm I am afraid of upsetting people or saying the wrong thing how would you respond to that it's, it's absolutely just please keep talking. We know that, that ignorance and lack of understanding causes most conflict in the world, doesn't it? So all we need to know is that a lot of the LGBTQ plus community, we're not scary. We want you to ask questions. We want you to ask us, you know, what does that acronym mean? I've got to say, I don't have a clue what most of the acronyms mean because they're forever changing because they're personal and they're different to every single individual. So you're probably not going to always get it right, but it's okay not to get it right. Absolutely fine. I think if you're open with people and you say, actually, what do you prefer? to be called or what do you prefer to be labeled as and then you get that out of the way straight away just as you would with a person of color or just as you would in any other setting it's exactly the same um, but please keep talking because understanding and being open to everybody's different story is what's going to make this world just a little bit better a day at a time and I think that's what's the most important is that we're not scary and we won't bite your head off <laughs> yeah and, and I think that that is that is really important. We've got to get over our fears and go back to curiosity. And just like you have no idea what it's like for me to have been brought up by a Greek father and a Jewish mother, yeah. you know, it's the same, it's the same thing. But I think sometimes in this world now, we, we're just so scared and we shouldn't be because actually 
that how do we learn we learn by making mistakes and I think the important thing here is and in everything that you know you've said and what other people have said is it is that it's down to the individual so thinking that you know how a gay woman wants to be addressed or a black man or whatever or you know my daughters who are mixed race you you don't and you have to ask them and that it's that curiosity really is and I think there was there was one kind of pinnacle moment if I could talk about it for me I was supporting one of the charities that I support Enhance the UK and I traveled over to Serbia um, a few years ago and we were training um, a group of males with varying different disabilities in lots of different fun things you know accessibility inclusivity LGBTQ plus relationships with disabilities we were doing a lot with them and we lived with these with these 30 males in the in the hilltops of Serbia, fantastic, you know, for a week, you know, living, you know, eating, going out for drinks with them. And it came towards the end of the week in the session, and we decided to do a debate on LGBTQ plus. So we divided the group up into anti and pro for LGBTQ plus. And I'm not sure if you know Serbia at the time was a very homophobic country, and, and I think still is. And um, you know, we said, right, okay, but let's debate it out. So the anti-LGBTQ plus were saying some of the, probably some of the worst things I'd ever heard in in a, in a setting, and I could visibly see myself shaking. And myself and my colleague at the time, she saw it and she was like, it's okay, it's all right, don't worry. Uh, and we turned over to the the positive, the, the the team that were meant to talk about the pros for being LGBTQ plus. And this guy that I'd been with all week, who was a friend, you know, he'd asked me out on a date actually the day before. He was just like, Carly, there is nothing. There's nothing that we can say is positive about being LGBTQ+. And it just fell silent in the room. And then my colleague just went, is anybody in this room LGBTQ+. And I didn't know that I would, but I raised my hand. And I was the only person in the room that did that. And I'll never forget that the looks on their faces was just pure shock they were dumbfounded that they'd lived with somebody they'd been around someone for a week and their apologies and the picture taking and they're like oh my god we didn't even realize they had such a perception of what a homosexual was if we're going with the with the reference they had such a negative you know connotation of what that was and I think for me the power of me just putting my hand up and if it changed one person one guy's opinion in that room that was massive for me and that's where I was like actually me speaking up and me just being me and openly saying yes and we're, you know being great being gay is amazing um was just a, a massive positive impact and it really changed the shape of the train and everything for them guys so it was a huge huge impact what a story thank you for sharing that and it is it's that bit isn't it if we all do our bits and we step forward a little bit then together we can make a more impactful change and as someone said recently if you look at what you did yesterday you might not think you you were making progress but if we look back I don't know let's look back in my career like 20 years ago where there was no such thing as inclusivity equality diversity though that they were they were never even on the agenda and look where we are now you know if we keep making those steps and I think we are becoming a lot more educated there are a lot more people that are speaking up then we can make change. So we could go on and on and on, as you say, like, you know, we could be going on till next February. (laughs) But I think, you know, in everything that you do in everything that you are doing to help, what, what is your vision for the world? And that's really big, but (laughs) I know, I know, but I have to ask. I think for me, 
especially if we're, if we're mixing in like kind of my profession, which is events and creating memories and creating communities and creating spaces for people to come together who might not know each other, who might find long lasting friendships, relationships from this. For me, in what I do in my current role is exactly that. What I do for Pride in London is find people, find venues, find spaces, find charities that are out there that, that might not have that voice that needs that platform. So using a platform like Pride in London, using a platform like the University of the Arts London, and using that to help elevate these people, give them a space to showcase work, to perform, to come to an event and speak their truth. I think that is something for me that what you just said, you know, little bits and giving people that little bit of a, a platform, a little bit of a shot to tell their story is what I'm here for. I'm in a position that I can do it for Pride in London, you know, being a part of this big community although they have had their own setbacks, but we won't get into that. But, you know, being able to, to provide that is amazing. And then I set up my own um, company at First Sight Events, which was about building kind of communities for LGBTQ plus kind of in the in and out period that we were in in lockdown, where people were getting tired of Zoom, but were anxious about coming back into the real world and meeting people. This was about coming and just making friends. It's then turned into kind of speed dating. It's turned into supper clubs. It's turned into lots of different things where lots of venues that weren't LGBTQ plus inclusive previous to COVID are now being they see that that space is needed so it's not just all in soho it's not just all in brighton it's in places all around london that wanted to do it but just didn't know how and that's where i come in and i try and get them and and bring them to that and, and help them have that platform really if that makes sense <laughs> oh fantastic well I would like to say thank you very much for doing that on behalf of, of everyone and, and keep up the good work keep up the good yeah. work <laughs> so changing tack a little bit and and sort of Stepping out of that world for a minute, stepping into into my world. When have you had to dive deep and what impact did that have? Oh, wow. Um, it's probably been a few times, I think. I think it would probably be you know, most recently in, in my career, in, in, in the role that I'm in currently. It's been quite a tough year in terms of kind of events and building resilience and being in part of a brand new team. And I think I've really had to dive deep because my kind of leadership style has always been happy wife, happy life. So I'm always like, if my team's happy, then the work that's produced is going to be tip top. It's going to be amazing. I need to know what makes them tick. I need to get to the roots of it. Uh, we need to kind of play play hard, work hard. And well, with that, you know, we work long hours in events. So it's, it really, really is a family vibe that I've created all the way through kind of my career. And, and that kind of hasn't landed kind of in this role. So I've really had to dive deep about how I kind of look at how I personally react to situations, how I professionally react to situations and come up with kind of a different leadership style, uh, which is a difference for me. So it's not being um, as as not as friendly of course I'm friendly but not being probably um having to make tougher decisions and having to step back from that kind of um going out and socializing and, and work hard play hard ethos which is something that I didn't really think my leadership style would be but I, I guess the more you progress the more that probably has to take shape so I've had to really dive deep in terms of looking at me personally and professionally and how they interlink and, and overlap to create a great kind of experience for the team really love that thank you thank you and when have you felt like a fish that climbed a tree oh wow god all the time every day um but no i, I feel I, do you know what i honestly feel like 
moving moving to London, um, coming from like a small town with just my mum, my sister, um, you know, coming from a small town where everybody knows everybody's name. Um, and I was the only gay in the village, so to speak. Um, and, and moving to London was huge. Not knowing anybody, I only had my best friend here, who was like a high flyer at the time, so didn't ever have time for me. Oh, don't cry. Um, so I think, um, yeah, moving to London, making that big move, it was only meant to be for two years and I've been here six. And now I'm, I'm able to have these platforms for Pride in London and do all these amazing things with venues and and people so I think I, I, I would never have expected that I would never have expected that when I was younger and struggling to come out so the fact that I've made it to London and I'm, I'm pretty happy with pretty proud of fantastic I love it love it love it love it very inspiring story thank you so how can people get in touch with you if they want to know more want to know about your events company how can they do that yeah, absolutely. So LinkedIn is always the best place. So Carly Owen, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Instagram at First Sight Events, and that's all the upcoming events that will be coming up. Please follow Pride in London as well. I managed their website coming out, which is all the events that are happening across London for LGBTQ plus community. Um, we're just going through a bit of a revamp at the minute, but lots of events will be on there in the, in the coming days. Um, so yeah, just yeah, that's how you can get in touch with me. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, I, I mean, honestly, thank you so much. This is the conversation I wanted to have. I envisaged having and we've had it, which is is great. And I really hope that it's helpful, inspiring and encouraging to, to people where, wherever they sit, whether they're part of the community or part of a leadership team, where, wherever you are. I hope that you've taken some sort of, of, of nugget. I'm sure they have from it. So it just leaves me to say thank you again. Thank you, Mel. What final words of wisdom would you like to leave people with today? I know you've been looking forward to this. <laughs> I think it, it really is that being LGBTQ plus and being and being proud and pride is, is something that needs to be celebrated all throughout the year. It's not just on the months. It's not just on specific dates. It's all year round. And we need to make sure everybody in the community feels that and keep talking, keep talking, keep understanding, ask the questions. If you get it wrong, don't, don't worry. We all, we're all going to do it, but let's keep talking and let's make the world a better place each day at a time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast with me, Mel Luizu. To help build our community of leadership listeners, please leave me an Apple podcast five-star review. Remember, our fishy adventure doesn't have to end here. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Links are in the show notes. Dive Deep, Climb High, can do leadership in a world of can't.